I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And welcome here to the Husker Online postgame show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett. We are here back at the hotel um, in West Lafayette at the Union Hotel here just off Ross Stadium. Uh, Nebraska, a 43-37 loser here on Saturday night to Purdue. Uh, it was a crazy game in a lot of respects, guys. Um, Nebraska put up 476 yards of offense. Purdue had 608 we saw a record-breaking performance from Trey Palmer. He had seven catches for a school record, 237 yards uh, for Nebraska, uh, but not enough as just the consistency sip of Purdue, Jeff Brom, um, and, and Aiden O'Connell, and their running game. I mean, a lot of things. I mean, Nebraska doesn't have an answer. No, in some ways, this game was kind of predictable, right? I think Nebraska played them closer more closely than maybe a lot of us expected. But in the end, it felt kind of predictable. Nebraska never did wrestle away the lead in the second half, down 14, down 14 at halftime, never did get the lead. It was a, it was a strange game in that Nebraska's, you know, main answer to everything was throw deep to Palmer. Um, very odd. I mean, that's very odd. And, and meanwhile, Purdue – is not a big strike offense. I mean, they, 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 they're very controlled, dink and dunk, a lot of dink and dunk. They don't, we didn't, and that's what we expected, they don't beat you deep. There's two things that I expected. They don't beat you with big plays, and they give up a lot of big plays. Their, their, their secondary has been susceptible to what we saw today, but not to that degree. Yeah, and you know what it came down to is Nebraska showed a lot of fight, a lot of toughness that, you know, there's a lot to be said for that, but when it came down to it, they made the losing plays, the critical turnovers, the missed touchdown throw in the back of the end zone. And those are the types of plays when you go on the road and try to win in the Big Ten, especially when you have such a fine line of to, between winning and losing. You can't make. You have to make those plays. You can't make those critical mistakes. And uh, it, it ended up beating them. Six point loss where you know you gave them. They had ten. Purdue scored ten points off the two interceptions. And then Nebraska left four points off the scoreboard by missing that touchdown throw to Alante Brown in the back of the end zone. And, and, and I like that because that's a throw. That's a really easy throw. It was wide open. Yeah, the, the case, Casey wasn't under duress. He had rolled out a little bit, right? Just Alante, sailed on. Yeah, just sailed. That's, it's, it's one of those, it's sort of inexplicable. Casey doesn't do that a lot. He doesn't miss guys that are wide open. Yeah, Casey Thompson, 16 of 29. 354 yards, two interceptions. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen a game with just 16 completions go for 354. And you look at just um, the number of big plays. Nebraska had six passing plays of 30 yards or longer in this game. 
45, 39, 30, 37 yard touchdown, 72 yard touchdown, 64 yard. And then they also produced a 31 yard run by Casey Thompson, a 60 yard run on a reverse from Trey Palmer. Trey Palmer had one of the most electric games we've seen a Nebraska player have since Amir Abdullah. They, they really didn't have an answer for him. Mickey said in the post game, we knew Trey could run by their corners. Now, Trey Palmer could run by a lot of teams' corners. I mean, he's, man, that the speed he showed on the reverse is what, that was eye popping to me. There was a couple of plays where it was really easy, a couple of pass plays where it looked really easy. And if you don't have, if you're a corner and you play bad technique on him, he'll run right by you. Well, and another note to that is, and Jeff Brom even talked about this, he wasn't just running by corners, he was beating safeties over the top. And so, I mean, that's I mean that's track speed right there. Purdue has struggled defending the deep ball all year. And so Nebraska knew they had something there. So it wasn't just like, you know, just throwing up some YOLO bombs no. hoping for the best. Like that was a, something they wanted to attack. They knew they could attack. And it almost won him the game. Yeah, Trey Palmer is probably the fastest player in the division in the Big Ten West. Yeah, I'd have to look. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I don't know if there's anyone in that division that runs a 10-2 verified electronic under that. I mean, he looked like Tyree Kill for Nebraska. I mean, this incidentally, a Chiefs scout was at the game today, so <laughs> the Chiefs got a full look at him. Isaiah Williams for for, for Illinois can fly. I don't know if he's that kind of tracks. Louisiana State champion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Isaiah Williams can run. I don't know, though. I don't know if there's anybody in the division like that. Oh. We talk about the transfer portal, though, guys, and the impact it's had on college football. I mean, just think about the impact the transfer portal had on this game tonight. Casey Thompson transferred from Texas, 354. Trey Palmer transferred from LSU. He had, obviously, a record-breaking night with 237 receiving. But then on the other end, Charlie Jones comes from Iowa, and he finished with 132 yards on 12 receptions. Um, and you, you think about the, the the two top receivers right now in the Big Ten Conference in terms of yards are transfers. That's the world. I mean, that's it's the world. insanity. Yeah. It, well, it is and it isn't. I mean, that's metal get used to it. It's not going to go away. And this goes to my theory, and I've said this before, like in our chat and whatnot. But like, I think the portal is where you get your skill. Like, I think you get your Trey Palmers, you get your Charlie Jones, if you're, Jones, or if you're anybody. anybody, and then you get your your developmental guys, your linemen in the traditional sense. Like you you you, recruit, you, might be you recruit your high school guys on the lines and you develop them with your program to where they're playing, you know, at, at the level you need by their third year. But you if you want immediate impact players, you can go get them every single offseason through the I don't know if like if you're Tennessee if you need to use that I, I I use Tennessee because I because the obvious would be Alabama or the obvious would be Georgia. I, I use Tennessee because I watched Tennessee and I saw some like, freaks. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're the kind of outliers, but like USC, look what they did. Yeah, they true. reshaped their entire roster through the transfer. Yeah, they did. So, that's a good point. Nebraska. That's a coaching change, though, Rob. I mean, yeah. that's a coaching change. I don't know. I'm not convinced that you're completely right on that. I've never heard that. It's interesting. I, I, I'm not ruling. I don't dismiss it. Um, I think if you're a program like Nebraska, you definitely mm -hmm. try to get your skilled players out of there. But look, at you just don't have them. Right? Have them around. <laughs> Look at Purdue, though. What Jeff Brom's been there six years. Six years. And this is a six. Year. You know they operated like a six-year machine. You know, like yeah, they, you've they, emphasized they, that. They had they had they had a they had a plan. They executed, and they didn't need home run swings. It was Jeff Brom's brains with a six-year senior quarterback operating it for him, 
and Charlie Jones, who grew up with him as a transfer addition, where Nebraska, you know, they had so many recruiting issues over the last five years. In a year five of a program, you shouldn't have to probably have to do what Nebraska did. I mean, that's not realistic to rebuild your roster in year five of a head coach. Like Rob said, there are a few bad throws from Casey away from winning the game. One stop. I think if Nebraska got the ball back, I think they would have won. It's hard to argue against that. Yeah, Purdue wasn't doing much to uh-huh. slow them down. And you look at the drive chart, Nebraska produced points on five of their seven final drives um, in that game uh, when you break it down. I mean, after Nebraska punted in the second quarter, then they got a field goal before halftime, then they go TD, punt, field goal, TD, INT, <laughs> TD. And obviously they missed um, – I think the Alante Brown missed throw was here on the third quarter on that field goal right there. Um, that, that was probably the one you would have liked to have back. Um, no doubt. Would have got you to 41 yeah. um, on the scoreboard. Yeah. And then then a field goal could have won the game for you at that point. Right. Yeah. So, again, you know, it's it's those missed opportunities and those critical mistakes that are the defining points in a game like this. Yep. Where Purdue, they didn't make those mistakes. And that was one of the things that, you know, Mickey Joseph said all week was that Aiden O'Connell is a quarterback that doesn't make mistakes with the football. And you can run that dink and dunk methodical offense when you have a quarterback that's not going to screw it up. When you have a volatile offense and you give the ball away, that's a hard offense to run. You need those chunk plays to survive. But with Purdue, their QB runs everything. He doesn't screw up. He knows where to go with the football. And they can operate that way because of the trust level they have at the quarterback. They can't, but they would kill to have a trade ball. Absolutely. I mean, they have they have Charlie Jones, and Charlie Jones is good. But, but I mean, they, they, they miss David. Yeah, Ron Moore. Yeah, they missed that. I mean, you look. Purdue was running with a third-string running back. Yeah, we got to get to that by the way. And and you wrote about that. It looked like Ron Bain out there. Mockaby, and and this speaks Kevin Mockaby. This speaks to just Jeff Brom and and how they coach guys up. I mean, they get guys ready to succeed. They don't have Rondell Moore and David Bell, um, but they always just plug in dudes that do their job and. Even Doru, who we didn't think was going to play, got eight carries. King Doru. King Doru. 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 Sorry. That's okay. Close yeah, enough. Devin Mockaby's a redshirt freshman walk-on. What What was his final numbers? 30 carries, 178 yards okay. on TV. Okay, this is the concern I have. This Maybe the principal concern. Now, there's a lot. There's still a lot of concerns. But the principal concern I have is, after, especially after watching Chase Brown today. Okay, so the ne- next up for Nebraska – is Chase Brown, who's much better than Devin Mockaby. Then after that, it'll be Mohamed Ibrahim. Who's much better? Who's much better. Then after that, <laughs> Blake it'll be Blake Corm. <laughs> Michigan, let's put it this way, guys. Michigan ran for 418 yards on in state today. Okay, Michigan, I'll, I'll repeat that. Michigan ran for 418 yards Jeez. on in state. Penn State's rush defense have been allowing fewer than 80 Penn State yards was today. undefeated. Penn State's a tough team. They allowed 418 to Michigan today mm-hmm. on the ground. That's it, on the ground. Now, they threw it too, but obviously that big offensive line for Michigan, that's a huge worry. If I'm Bill Bush, if I'm Mickey Joseph, I'm thinking about that a lot. Then you have Allen. Yeah, then you have Braylon Allen. Oh, yeah, Braylon Allen, who averaged 10 yards a carry against you last year. And then Iowa doesn't really have a running back. No. But by that point, it may not matter. You might, I mean, you, you might just be. Yeah, the next four week, the next four games are really difficult from a run game standpoint. There may not be a team in the country that's going to face oh. 
what Nebraska sees right. in the run game the next four games. That's my biggest concern. And this is, this is a defense that just allowed Purdue with a walk-on right. third-string running back to double its season average in rushing. They right. came in 110th Thank nationally with, in rushing off with just over 100 yards per game. They were for 217. It's my biggest concern. That's it, it. It looked like to me like the edge guys from Nebraska, oh, Sean Garrett, like Jeff Brom just said, I'm going to take advantage Caleb of, Tanner. Of, of their kind of over-aggressiveness trying to rush the passer. And we're just going to throw these little quick, quick pitches. Quick pitches. Those, they attack the edge. They really do. Because Nebraska was, was trying to get sacks. And, and they, they, I don't think, did they finish? Did they get a sack the whole game? I don't no, think they, they did. did. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. The final numbers here for Nebraska, no sacks, two tackles for loss in the game, and, and Henrich had one of those TFLs, and then no the QB other hits. was by Garrett Nelson. No, no sacks or no QB hits. And uh, the QB hits, that is tracked here by Purdue. So um, the hurry. The they, QB, they hurried him a few times. Yeah, they, they have a pretty t- – I mean, we'll, we'll they get They ran the, him out of pocket a few times. We'll get the PFF grades in the morning on the hurries. Um, but the official stat line from the Purdue press box had no no QB hurries. But Nebraska, yeah, they they could not disrupt Aiden O'Connell. A few times they did. They run him out of the pocket. He had to make some plays on the run a few times. Give him that. I'll they never him. got to him. No, they never really got. O'Shawn had him wrapped up and lost him. Yeah, see, they did get to him on that play. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean, yeah, O'Connell's O'Connell's definitely he's he's very good. He's not great. He his arm strength wasn't like super impressive. No. A couple throws were. He made some NFL throws, made like big time. Throws. The interception in the end zone was a that was a really, really bad, bad throw. A couple of his deep balls were iffy to say the least. But yeah. there was you know some of those out routes like on the third and long where he's got to put it perfectly, and he put it perfectly. And again, that's, that's what a veteran QB gives you. Yeah. He he can fit it into tight windows, as they say. You're just joining us here. We're live right now in the Purdue Student Union. Uh, we even got students studying behind us, so you get the full college experience. Somebody asked who coughed in the background. We've got a studio audience of one late night study uh, studier here in the uh, Purdue Student Union. But uh, Nebraska falls to three and four. They're two and two in the Big Ten, and Purdue now is three and one in the Big Ten, as is Illinois. And those two teams will later meet here. On the schedule, so that I mean, Purdue and Illinois—that's all of a sudden become the game for the West because Wisconsin lost as well today to Michigan State. So Wisconsin's almost out of it. I mean, yeah, they are on October fifteenth to say Wisconsin's it's out crazy. of it—it's crazy. Yeah, I'll tell you what. After watching Illinois on TV, the whole game, and then watching Purdue live, I really like Illinois to win the West. Yeah. I, I don't. I I like them better. It's not see that that they're more complete. They are more complete. They're not just Chase Brown on offense. Devito's good. Tommy Devito had a huge day at quarterback for Illinois. Illinois has Isaiah Williams as a as a as a key component on their offense. Their defense is good. That's a good defensive line they have. Well, they're one of the best defenses in the country. They are. They're balanced. That's a balanced team. And who's a better? How many offensive line coaches 
in the world are better than Brett Bill. Well, he's he's a defensive-minded coach. Well, right? he's an offensive line guy too, though. Like his background was D coordinator um, as as a coach for Bill Snyder and Barry Alvarez, but he's got such a great understanding of the offensive line and and how to build it to win in this league. And you know, he, he struggled at Arkansas, but I think he's realized that he's a Big Ten football coach and. Right now, I don't even know. Would you say it's a debate? Is he Big Ten Coach of the Year, hands down? Or would you, can you make a case for Harbaugh? Could you make a, you make case? a case for Harbaugh? Jim Harbaugh's won 19 in <coughs> the last 21. Ryan Day. I mean, those guys are having good years. For me, it's Bielema. I mean, they're doing that at Ohio State and Michigan. So what? He's doing it at Illinois. Like, now, Michigan's not. They've had their struggles. Not like Illinois. No. Illinois was the laughing stock of the Big Ten right. for a long time, right. and now they're going to win the division. No, he's got. They haven't won it yet. They look like you said. I think they are the clear favorites. I like them because they play a style that wins, especially in this division. And they got Chase Brown. It's amazing when you prioritize the offensive line and defense. What you can do in this conference. <laughs> Note to Trev. Got, got a uh... yeah. Now hold on. Along those lines, does Nebraska try try to make a, a run at Brett Bielema? See, I don't think it's. I don't think it's. I wouldn't bank on getting that done because because he has a young, aggressive athletic director. They have a new training facility in Illinois, not brand new, but it's like two years old. It's beautiful too. Um, They're doing and, stadium, uh, and they got Big Ten money. They got Big Ten money. I mean, it, I, you know what? You know, it it would probably become a bidding war. All that Big Ten money is just all it's silly money. Yeah. I mean. But they have it too. Coaches are going to be making $10, 15000000 million in this league in the next, but before 2030. Yeah, they're going to be getting raises off each other, which will be sort of. Like a phone, like Leipel and Bielema are going to get multiple two, $3 million raises next year, no matter what. Yeah. I mean, Bielema will be making $6 million plus by next year. Yeah, I mean, those guys like Lance is building a vacation home in Florida. Maybe you just build one in Naples, Italy, too. I mean, you're going to have that kind of money. Might as well. <laughs> Got a question here um, about Phelan Sanford. Why was he in there? Uh, I believe Marquis Buford got hurt. Was Marquis Buford yeah. hurt? There was a big up? hit early on where, I don't know if it was the running back, um, but he took him head to head and looked shaken up, and he was immediately taken out after that. Now, he did return to the game, but that may have been a big part of that as to why. I think you're right. For, for sure why Phelan came in right away, but also maybe why he played as many snaps as he did. And Nathan, I, I mean, those, those comments aren't necessary. Phelan Sanford's a, a solid player. Like, I mean, we don't need, we don't need to be ripping on guys on the postgame show in the comments, but um, he was out there because an injury happened. And, and Phelan's one of the fastest guys on the team. I mean, he's a, he's a track guy just like uh, Trey Palmer. In fact, he was a track guy before he played, and he, he does a really good job on special teams. Let's talk about special teams. Nebraska blocked their third punt of the season tonight. That was failing, Sam. Um, by the way, um, they got a, a really good return game out of Tommy Hill. Mm-hmm. We finally got a good look at Timmy Bleak Road, and, yeah. and he did what his job was supposed to. I mean, the only thing you could really be critical of is Brian Muschini missed a few. He's hurt. And I think. And the, I mean, ball, the ball, I told Sam, right. the ball wasn't going high. Mm-hmm. And, and then Charlie Jones, how does Iowa let that guy go? I still, I still, for the life of me, don't know how Iowa lets Charlie Jones go. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, you can't. Know. What do you? I mean, what do you mean, though? Maybe he didn't want to play in that offense. They can't lock him. No, well, they had Nico. They had Reganey ahead of him, and they had Keegan Johnson ahead of him, and he felt like he was buried in that situation and, and left to go to Purdue. And he's the leading receiver in the Big Ten Conference. But uh, what, what you guys think, of special teams? Uh, just what you said. 
I mean, we hadn't seen Bleak Road kick many field goals at all this year. Three for three. Three for three tonight. So that was, <coughs> I would almost say that was almost a revelation with given how few field goal attempts he had made this year. Um, so, yeah, that was good. And, I, hey, I, I'll tell you something. Man. Tommy Hill's explosive as a kickoff return. There were a couple that were going to go for a long way. He just barely got tackled. Barely. I mean, I like the way he sticks his nose in the fan. You know, he, he just he hits the hole hard. He's going to break one. He'll break one. Well, it was nice to actually see them get chances at returns. It seemed like that would hadn't even been an element to their game plan, just with the fair catches and then just not get return kicks. So, I mean, just having that to improve your starting field position, I thought was really nice. And once again, you can make the case that special teams was more of an asset than it was a hindrance. And that's rare when you're talking about Nebraska special teams. So, so continual improvement on that side of the ball, obviously getting Bushini healthy is going to be a big deal. Um, you know, they, they, they need, when he is good, he's as good of a punter one of the better punters in the Big Ten. I'm not going to say there's some really good punters in the league. But, uh, I mean, overall, special teams is helping Nebraska win games <laughs> and at least be competitive not a in games, whereas before they were losing games. Right. Now, that, you know what? Let's face it. The, the big takeaway of this game is sort of predictable. The defense is still struggling. I mean, they fired the defensive coordinator right. for a reason to start in the middle of the season. Right. I mean, Bill's done a good job. Bill Bush has done did a good job against Indiana and Rutgers, which don't have offenses nearly as strong as this one. And the offensive line. I mean, it's it's those two things. I mean, the offensive line going into this because of the defenses playing the, the previous two games. The offensive line became the element that you were most concerned about. Now the defense is kind of rematerial. Especially the run defense with what's ahead. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. If you're joining us now on Nebraska 43, 37 winners and got our studio audience behind us here, joining us here in the background. This guy has no idea we're going live, by the way, behind us. It's like we're on a live show. There's a guy just studying. He's all right. Uh, but Nebraska 43, 37 uh, loser here at Purdue. Uh, Huskers um, give up 608 yards um, to Purdue as um, they, they had a big game on offense. It's the second time this year Nebraska's defense has allowed 600 yards. Uh, other stat that what really – was the other game? What was the other game? Georgia Southern. Oh, yeah. Six, yes. that's six, four, oh, and five. Oklahoma got five. Eight. Um, but time of possession, I, I don't know if I've ever seen – Don't look at me like that, Sean. 642, <laughs> Georgia Southern. Well, it's it's only a stadium <laughs> record. <laughs> You're watching. I'm going to – Who's not tying them? But uh, <laughs> time of possession, 42-42, I don't know. And we've seen a lot of weird stuff in Nebraska football the last several years. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen this. I don't know if I've ever seen that. I don't know if I've ever seen a time of possession disparity like that. And score close. Where Nebraska yeah. almost won the game. <laughs> like if, well, what, not only the time of possession, but the, play, the plays. 
101 plays by Purdue, 52 by Nebraska. Mm-hmm. That's odd. Yeah, with a game that close. Well, just the 101 plays. Uh, that's the second, or the, the most since 2007, when Iowa State had an opponent's record, Nebraska opponent record of 102 plays. So we were one snap shy of matching the most plays a Nebraska defense has ever faced. 2007. 2007. So think about that. That gives it a little context about what this game was and how rare that the time of possession, the play count, all that stuff. Like you, you just don't see that. Well, we also never see that many big explosive plays in one game. I mean, I know in the '80s with the scoring explosion, that was probably a really common theme to see runs plays from Turner Gale, Michael Jeremy Fryer. In the 90s, it was pretty common in a lot of those blowout wins. But in this conference with the parity of the Big Ten, to see that many big plays from one player and one offense for Nebraska, I mean, that, that was unheard of. Like, like, it's really hard to track, like, explosive play data to, like, know, like, where this number of explosive plays ranks compared to some other games in, in history. But I don't recall a game where I've ever seen a player have that many just – Free runs like Trey. Right. No, it doesn't happen very often because, I mean, it doesn't happen very often in part because you don't, there's mismatches. I mean, that, that quarters in safety struggle. It was, it was, if I were Brom, I'd be alarmed. Okay, now let's think about in the context of what you're talking about. If Purdue would be, would win the West, what are those corners and safeties going to do against Ohio State? Yeah. I mean, Jackson Smith and Juba. Right. Marvin Harrison Jr. Right. and all those. What's that got to look like? What's, what's C.J. Stroud going to do against that much? He'll throw for 700 yards if he wants to. Like, he'll be done at halftime. <laughs> I honestly think it doesn't matter like, who wins the West. You're probably it really does. Something like that. I mean, Illinois, we're talking about Illinois being the class of the division. It's Illinois. Yeah, I mean, it is. But again, they're a good team. Yeah. But they're not. The, the winner of the West is basically pay, playing for a spot on the Citrus. Absolutely. I mean, that, they're going to get to go to Orlando or Tampa. And, and it's just... Michigan, I mean Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, they're gonna to go to the New Year's Six. I mean that's just that's how the conference is basically broken down right now. You're gonna have a twelve and Ohio State or Michigan, then the other team's gonna be eleven and one, and then Penn State's gonna be ten and two. And those three teams are gonna to go to the New Year's Six. And then whoever wins the West is gonna to go to one of the Florida games on January one. I mean that's it's the reality of what the West is. The West is not very good. It's uh, not. I mean it's basically the fourth or fifth best team in, in the overall Big Ten. Yeah, I, I was trying to pitch it for a while. It's, it's balanced, but it's pretty good. It's just, it's not, it's a down game. <laughs> it's a it's battle of just eight and three. Like nine and three is going to win the win. Well, I mean, actually, Illinois could go like 10 and two. Yeah, they could. And again, when I think about that that conversation, who, who would fare better against Ohio State? Illinois would fare better. They would. The better defense than Purdue. They could control the game better. Yeah, they could control the game better with Chase Brown's a good running, very good running. Always, he's the nation's leading rusher, <laughs> Chase Brown. I mean, that Illinois is the team to beat in the West, in my opinion. All right, let's go to a few of the comments. Cole, um, who hit us up in the super chat, um, has a, a comment question about Corcoran. Um, they need to move him or take him out, and I don't disagree as far as moving Corcoran. I think Corcoran needs to be at guard, but the problem is they don't have anybody they can put attack. I mean, I mean, they tried. They tried. They're out of options. I mean, like they, they are what they are. I don't know what they can do for personnel anymore. 
I mean, they they tried Bryce Benhard inside. I mean, maybe you could put Turner Corcoran and have Brant Bakes play some more at left tackle. But beyond that, I just don't know what more you can do. I mean, you're, then you're talking about like playing third, fourth stringers. Like, is that going to be the result that you want? I think they have the guys that they have, and they have to figure out how to make it. It was a protection a little better in the second half. In the second half, no sacks allowed. All four sacks came in the first half. Right. It, they're a little strange. Casey still got knocked around. Mm -hmm. They're a little strange because even that line has its moments where they're all right, where they're all okay. But they didn't have them in the run. <laughs> couldn't get the running game. That's trouble. It's amazing the, the kick steps by the tackles. Like, I mean, it's such a taut, trained movement, and you just don't see any tackles at this level struggle with their kick step steps like Nebraska where they get out, you know, and – I mean, you're not supposed to be able to get around Big Ten tackles that easily. Like, right. Like, you're off the jump. Like, the I jump. mean, they come just outside free lane. Like, that. that's not – I mean, Nebraska tries doing that every time. And it doesn't work. No, you're right. I mean, just in your mind's eye, think about what you see from O'Shawn Mathis and Garrett Nelson every play where they take a wide route a lot. They not, get pushed not out every play. Time. Not every time, but a lot of the time. They're, getting, they're taking a wide route and getting pushed out. Why does that never happen to Nebraska's opponents? <laughs> you never see guys taking a big, wide route. You saw Gary Nelson literally running a circle at one point because he took such a wide route. It was like 15 yards in the backfield. Yeah, I'm not even <laughs> And then the lineman still was on him. He pushed him down the last second. Evan uh, in the Super Chat chimes in and said, hold a walk-on tryout for offensive line. I, I don't know if you can do that right now. I mean, there's some – Thoughts people have like Nash Hutmacher can move to guard, but what's that going to do right now? It doesn't solve your tackle problem. <laughs> solve your tackle problem. Um, thank you, Nash. You know, who, you, know who, you know who could solve this problem. I mean, not now, but I, sometimes I wonder why they didn't just hey, you're going to play tackle. I don't know if he's that. I mean, oh yeah, he could play tackle. But his his have to. Yeah, well, the, the tight end they have right now, the freshman from Minnesota, I'm blanking on his name, the guy they signed this year, yeah. he he could bulk into a tackle down the road. But Prosky, Androff, Chase, Chase Androff, Andrew, he could bulk in, but I know nothing about the guy. Right. Um, the other tight end they took um, from California, <laughs> he could bulk into an offensive line. I, they, and, Speaking of portal, I mean, you better go get you Well, they tried. Yeah. I know they did. They got Hunter Anthony, who got his first start tonight, and – Ended up getting benched for Bryce Bender. Hunter Anthony, though, that was kind of a, um, you know, I don't know if Raiola was really heavily involved. In the no, team. he wasn't heavily involved in that. That was a that Eric Chenander took it over, like, the holiday, and he just committed. No one on the staff knew he was committed. Right. He just committed. What do you mean took it over the holiday? Or the Christmas holiday? Yeah, when yeah. it was, like, a dead period. And, yeah. and all of a sudden, Hunter Anthony, I mean, you know, I, I don't know if Raiola was involved in that. Not very not very involved. And Rayola wasn't involved that. in Kevin Williams's commitment. Right. That was their other transfer portal addition. Right. So Rayola, I mean, to be fair, didn't have much of a chance. I mean, I think they scoured things in the spring. And if there's like one or two dudes available, that's the problem. Everybody wants that guy. Like it's like it becomes like an O'Shawn Mathis type deal. Oh yeah. Very rarely do you get a transfer portal situation like Trey Palmer. Somebody that good just says, nope, I'm going to follow Mickey Johnson. But Trey Palmer actually went in the portal now. Can you imagine how much attention you have? Oh, no. No. Yeah. I mean, Trey Palmer could be at Alabama next year, probably, yeah. if he wanted to. Yeah. Maybe, but somewhere good. Yeah, good. Yeah. I mean, somewhere somewhere good. like legit. But I think Trey Palmer's probably going pro. 
keeps this up. What what more? If he breaks a thousand yards, he's on pace for thirteen hundred yards. What else does he need to do? School like, record is just over a thousand. Let's get more. Like Trey Palmer will be gone. <laughs> like it, I think it is mine. He only wanted to come to Nebraska for one year. I mean, that was his thought, and that's the other negative side of the transfer portal. Like you get these guys like that for maybe <laughs> one year. O'Shawn Mathis. You know, yeah, what about O'Shawn? He, he could come back. Yeah, he could come back. But does he want to be in college for six years? Like, once you, you know, you know who was? Mo Ibrahim. He's six years. Garrett he he Nelson, back. does he want to come back for a six? So like, there's a lot of roster questions that, I mean, December and January are going to be nuts. Try to figure out, like, who's, yeah. who's oh, coming, God, who's yeah. staying. Good, though. That's why he's got to subscribe. Because yeah. there'll be a lot of news. Absolutely. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. And as he said, uh, check out Husker Online. We've got a great deal going on right now $10. Get you an entire year of this man's columns, Steve Sibyl. And I can tell you, it used to cost a lot more to read your columns. Yeah, so. well, let's not do that, Sean. <laughs> so we're giving you a great deal uh, for this opening year of our new home at On3 Sports. And uh, read Robin Washington, the best basketball writer on the beat, one of the best football guys, and all my stuff with uh, volleyball coverage. On3, HuskerOnline.com is our new home as uh, you're joining us here. Uh, we're about a half hour into our post-game show um, here from the Union on the campus of the University of Purdue, uh, Nebraska. Losers here, 43-37. They go into a bye week now. And it, okay. Now, Mickey said that they're going to be off Sunday, which, I mean, that, like I can't imagine they would bring them back. I, I kind of thought they'd have more time off because UNL is fall break now on Monday and Tuesday. But we were talking about that. What if Mickey said, hey, guys, we'll see you guys Wednesday? Yeah. Like he might have got. I mean, I think that might be a, a wrong message. He might have guys going to Vegas for two days yeah. or something. I mean, you still don't have to go like full like live tackling. You but you need guys better. I mean, you got to keep them engaged, keep them dialed in. This, this team clearly has a lot still to work on, and so you can't just take a complete step away from everything. Football. No, I would, they, you, they they kind of did that the first five. Well, they're limited. They can only practice like five times total over the two bye weeks. Yeah, but I, I keep guys around and make them rehab or get into the, the training room and get healthy. I think that is the number one priority. You got guys that are really beat up. Casey Thompson, I mean, he says now both of his shoulders hurt because he hurt his other one today. So he's got both his left and right shoulders that he's nursing injuries with, along with the other stuff with his, his jaw, his calf, his, uh, I don't know what else he reeled off on that list of injuries. But like he said, that I need rest. Like I need, I need to get healthy. And I think there's a lot of guys that way. I mean, we see Can Anthony. You say that? Can you say yeah, that? He said that today. And you know, sipping at you and I have made this observation. Like Anthony Grant, just he looks like he's got tired legs. Looks think, like that guy needs a break. You know, to, to get that pop back in him. So you just go down the line. I mean, their linebacker situation is a real concern now. Luke Reimer didn't even play. Uh, Nick Henrich was on crutches after the game. So. You know, they, they Rock Bando didn't travel. Rock Bando didn't yeah, travel. Yeah, we, we need to mention that. I, I, hey. did, did Brant Banks travel? Yes. Okay. Yes. So the one thing we need to mention that we haven't, and I, and I need to hear this because I've been on that run defense. They played totally without Luke Reimer tonight. Didn't play a snap. Was in street clothes here. 
Then Henrich didn't play the entire second half, Nick Henrich. So they're without their top two linebackers. And that explains some of Purdue's success on the ground. But Maccabi was having success from the start. I mean, it wasn't like Nick Henrich made a huge difference early. He had Ma- eight tackles before he got there. Oh, okay. Well, that's pretty good. But but Maccabi was running. Nebraska well. wasn't expecting him to run like that. Yeah. No. And, no. and Brown took advantage of their aggressiveness. I, I guess on the edge. I mean, the edge. I mean, Nebraska was overrun on, and then he was getting on the out, and they missed tackles. They missed a lot of early tackles in that game. Maccabee's pretty good. I mean, I That's I underestimated. Him. He's a tough runner. Yeah, he's he's a hard runner. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I not mean, great. Yeah, he's not at the level of most of the other top backs in this league. Talking about. Nebraska made him look pretty good. I'll tell you that much. I just checked. No, no pro football focus grades up yet, but uh, that will be up in the morning. We have an early, not an early flight, but about one o'clock flight out of Chicago. Uh, Robin and I should hopefully get our pro football focus grades up before we get out of Chicago, um, and, and that's always a great feature. It is. I'm, I'm serious. And that is. That's my, in fact, that's probably my favorite feature. We've been doing this for four or five years now. We're on Sunday morning. It's a grind. You get up early after working a late night game, but. We know it's important to get those grades up because people like to know who played. Yeah, the snap counts. The snap counts. Valuables, I get it. The yeah. grades are very subjective. You may agree or disagree. Like, I'm fascinated to know what Trey Palmer's grade is going to be. If it's, like, not in the 90s, I'll be like, well, how? Yeah. I got you. I mean, get a drop. Yeah, so maybe it'll be a big no-no. I don't know. I mean, I, I, no, no, I get what you're saying. Um, I get what you're saying. Easy shot. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Trey Palmer is the fifth highest graded Power five receiver in the country on okay. PFF right now already. So um, th- after this game, he's going to shoot up there. Weren't, weren't Jones and Palmer the number one and two in the Big Ten as far as PFF grades? Uh, no, number one and two in the Big Ten in terms of receiving yards. Okay. okay. And they're number one and number two in the country for transfer portal receiver okay. numbers. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, Palmer. Palmer's come on. I mean, he hadn't had a game like this on. Um, he's getting more and more confident. It, well, against Rutgers, they said they said that there's no. I mean, Mickey said after the game, they don't think there's a corner in the Big Ten that he can't run past. Now, again, I wonder if he's including Ohio State. I don't know what kind of corners Ohio State has. Yeah, they don't have. They might not have great corners. Got a question here on Twitter just about strength and conditioning in general. Okay. Um, you know, needs to be addressed with Nebraska's next staff. Uh, this is from East Texas uh, Crab Husker. He said, the O-line and D-line are getting beat by teams of less talent. For five years, QBs have been getting destroyed, and there's no answer for it because they don't have the strength or grit developed but a solid uh, but a solid strength and conditioning. Sorry, I'm trying to put these thoughts together. Um, I think East Texas um, is just trying to still process the game, but – well, I don't. Is it a strength and condition issue? Is it a talent issue? Or is it both? I I say both. that's the easy answer. I think it is. I think. Well, and when you unload your roster and bring in thirty-three of your eighty-five guys brand new, how do you even get strength and conditioning involved with that many new players? Yeah. It's I mean, not like they've been in the program for two or three years to be able to actually be developed. So that's a big part of it. But I, I think what think you, about the what you get at, yeah, you look at the linemen that have been here for four. Five years. Three, four years, all those guys. How many of those guys got better? And so that falls on strength and conditioning, falls on coaching. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's not just the fact that they're not working out right or training the right way. That's a big part of it. I mean, when, when you don't have that 
that bulk and that push and that strength that other Big Ten like Illinois' offensive line has, uh, that's yeah. you're just going to show. And right now, it's showing with Nebraska with their inability to run the football. Right. What what I've I mean, amateur hour a little bit here, but I think Nebraska offense. I think Nebraska's offensive line would fire off the ball and then not move anybody. Now that does suggest to me maybe st- strength and conditioning issue because they they're now they're being taught to fire off. And sometimes they, I do see it. They, they do fire, but then they don't move the line of scrimmage. Now that suggests perhaps a strength and conditioning issue. Uh, Cole hits us up again in the super chat. Thank you, Cole. Super chat. Um, why did Nebraska only rush three for a lot of the game? And I don't know if that's the case. I mean, I saw Bill Bush try to dial it up. They, I mean, you just couldn't get to the guy. Aiden O'Connell is not athletic. He's not fast. But he's extremely crafty. And he sees pressure, he feels pressure, gets rid of the ball. But Nebraska tried to drop eight. They tried to bring six. Six. I mean, they they they, they mixed it up quite a bit. I thought. Yeah, they tried to bring some heat with different ways and some delayed blitzes. That I mean, they they got there, but like you said, O'Connell was just too good. He just threw over it and was able to avoid the pressure and uh, turn potential sacks and incomplete passes or even completions. They have a pretty, you know, Purdue's offense is pretty simple. It's not. It's not a, a real complex system, but they run it really well. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, they run a very pretty simplified system. And the key is that quarterback can make all the throws. That's the that's that. And he the sees key. the checkdowns. Oh, he's really good on the checkdowns. Like if no one's there, he finds that checkdown guy every time. And then you know, not good at making those open field tackles. Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Like how like, are they today? I mean, a couple checkdowns went for a lot of yards. So, I, they they missed some big ones. I mean, the checkdowns killed Nebraska in a lot of plays that they had covered up at times. Um, we had Evan chime in and said they rushed three a ton. So we're getting mixed thoughts here on that. Um, Nebraska. I mean, if you, they they were trying to blitz. They couldn't get to them. Yeah, they probably realized that the, the blitzes they were throwing weren't working. And so why eliminate defenders in coverage when you're not even getting to the quarterback? That's where Braun comes in. I'm, I'm, I'm Purdue's very well coached. If those blitzes aren't getting home, it's usually because the team is very well prepared. Um, Braun is probably he well, he's the best off, but I think he's the best play caller in the Big Ten. That that's some of that is play calling related too. I mean, he, he knows what's coming a lot of the time, and he works around it. But also having a, a veteran quarterback like that, the blitz doesn't phase him as much. They almost welcome. If they're, if they're coming, I, I know where we're going with it. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. By the way, it's uh, 1.20 in the morning back in Nebraska. We have 209 people watching us live. So oh, that's nice. It's amazing. Uh, thank you, everybody, for um, joining not us sleeping. here. Thank you for not sleeping. <laughs> these, these have been late nights on the road, um, two weeks in a row. And, and three, we've played, what, three road games in a row? I don't know. What the hell? Indiana was our night game. No, no. Our night game. I'm sorry. Night yeah, game. three night games in a row. Indiana, Rutgers, <laughs> and this. Yeah, those are all night games. And four out of five night games. Yeah, Georgia yeah. Southern was a night game as well. And yeah. technically, Ireland was a night game for us. Not you back home, but we covered a night game in Dublin. So now we have a week off. Now, Illinois could be a night. I'd be surprised if it is. I, 
okay, I would. Why? I did get some intel from the BTN guys I was talking to. It doesn't sound like it's gonna be a BTN game. The guy told me it's not gonna be. Um, why is that? Because the selection orders. Um, so what will it be? Either ESPN or Fox Network game FS1. Um, so a lot of it depends on the windows. We'll probably know that kickoff on Monday, right? You think so? Yeah. Yeah, Monday, two weeks out, ten days. Or 12 days. So what you don't you don't have a guess? It could be a night. Um, it's just hard to say. I mean, I'm just guessing that's gonna be night because Illinois is good, Maybe. and Nebraska still draws. Mm-hmm. They still so got Nebraska a, got still draws. Big TV market program against the top first place team. Night guys, there's a lot of factors though. You got playoff baseball on the Fox networks. Mm-hmm. You've got ESPN window. I mean, there's it's not as easy as Nebraska's good. They play at night. I mean, they put the best football games of the day at 11 and 2.30. I didn't now. say Nebraska was good. Yeah, no. Or Illinois. <laughs> so they draw a lot of viewers. They draw a lot of viewers. <laughs> a lot of it depends on the, the games for that week and, and the selection order where it goes. I mean, what what yeah. pick will Nebraska be? I think there's only five games that week, too. So it's not a big okay. game. Um, we saw, but speaking it's of that. A, it's a big, but it's a big game. It's a pretty big game. Oh, yeah. I mean, if Nebraska could pull that upset, then they're right back sort of in it. Right? Then they own that head-to-head. And here's the thing. This is what, if I were a Nebraska fan, I wouldn't be too down. Now, it would require an upset to beat Illinois. It would. It will it'll require a pretty big upset, actually. But if you can pull that off on your home field, Minnesota is not – we blew up Minnesota too much after they went to East Lansing and won easily. They, they look very ordinary right now. They're an old team, too. Yeah. That's the other Morgan's hurt. Yeah, How long is he going to be out? Um, Will he be available November 5th? Well, it's not a given that he'd be back November 5th. He took a, a shot to the head. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And Ibrahim's got a bad ankle. He's battling through that. Um, Altman Bell's out for the year. And they don't have a downfield threat. They go to span forward that tight end all the time. That's that, that's their answer. Um, they don't have many answers on offense. They don't. It's Ibrahim. And that's that right. game is in Lincoln, too. So Nebraska has back-to-back home games. Yeah, they could somehow, and maybe it's possible that I'm overestimating Illinois a little bit, but I I, I would call that a significant upset right now for Nebraska. Yeah, it's a schedule. I mean, Nebraska doesn't go on the road again until November 12th. So we're going to be in Lincoln for pretty much a month now after this stretch here. and. That will help this team get back to normal and rest a little bit. Um, but, yeah, you look at I – mean, Help me get back to normal. <laughs> we all need a bye week. But that's a wrap. We're going to wrap it up here. Uh, we're about 45 minutes in. Um, but um, it was a uh, tough loss for Nebraska. I think there were a lot of promising moments that came out of this game in the 43-37 loss. But, once again, the deficiencies of Nebraska guys showed – um, in this loss, I mean, you just aren't going to win football games giving up 600 yards. No. And, you know, you, you can have home runs like Palmer gave Nebraska, but, you know, you're not going to beat a guy like Jeff Rom um, giving up that many yards. What do you always say on the road? You got to pack a run game for sure and your defense. They didn't pack those. No. They didn't pack them. They left them out. But it'd be like Robin leaving his power. They packed a four by one relay team, though. They did. They, did. they brought the track stars. So, last point, we were talking about this on the walk home. Mm-hmm. It's a weird feeling right now yeah. because fan base with the fan base. Like, as a Nebraska fan, are you mad or are you encouraged <laughs> or are you both? Seems like it's both. I mean, yeah. seems a little weird right now. Yeah, I mean, it's just because, like, you see the progress they made. I mean, 
they were had every chance to win that game that they had. So you can be frustrated about that, but they also did some really good things. The offense looked electric at times. I know. You, you so know, like, you look know, at the comments. Look at the comments. You'll, you'll hear somebody say, "Man, Mickey, Mickey's doing a great job." Next comment will say, "Man, the rest of sucks." Yeah. Uh, it's it's like uh, yeah. Strange. We'll have to address. Strange. Yeah, uh, we're gonna have to address that this week. That'll be a good column. It's hard to size up. Well, I think a lot of it depends on what camp you stand with in this head coaching <laughs> discussion. I think a lot of the negative comments are people that do not want Mickey Joseph to be the next head coach. They want it to be a completely new yep. deal. You got it, Sean. And so those are the people that are going to be really against you got it. what's going on. And then, and then the, the Mickey there's people, wagon. There's a lot of people on the Mickey wagon. So like that, that's kind of – I mean, that's how you divide the line right now. Ah, that's wonderful. Wonderful. It's never not Well, thank you again uh, for joining us. Thank you to Trey Yanity um, hitting the control buttons for us back um, in Nashville as well at the On3 Studios. Uh, but that's a wrap. Nebraska 43-37 losers on the road. Make sure you check out Husker Online. Uh, we've got Simple's column up, Robin's Five Things, My Final Take. Tomorrow morning before we hit the road, uh, we will have the pro football focus grades up. So uh, check out the site before you hit church. We should have um, everything up and running. Um, but signing off for Robin Washhead and Steve Simple, I'm Sean Callahan.